Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Did your life change after that? Like, did your career change? Did your, I mean, look, years ago, if a comic in the 60s did Johnny Carson or, you know, Ed Sullivan, that was it. Yeah. Was. I didn't feel like that. I mean, I have no complaints. I'm very happy. I'm happy to be sitting here with you now and talking about about all this stuff and all the things that I've done. I'm happy to do them. And but 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 it wasn't like I became a star star, you know, like it wasn't like I I, I knew I knew about I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is the 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 parts that I got offered were not like star parts. Did you, you know, I've heard you say. I think they thought I was a little off. They weren't sure what to do with me. Right. Yeah. Because you're playing like a woman. A Nowadays, I think there was, there's more of a market for right. someone who has those, that skill of set. Of course. Yeah. You then, after M. Butterfly, you go to, uh, you do Charlie Brown. Yeah. I mean, Char- M. Butterfly, that's 10 years later. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do Charlie Brown. Uh-huh. You're playing Linus. Yeah. And Charles Schultz. 
has to okay that an Asian yeah, uh-huh. person can yeah. play Linus. Well, he has to okay all the choices that Michael's making, the director and the production. And I think that was part of the um, uh, package of it. And yes, he did, yeah. And he, they did. And it was 1998. And so at that time, I guess we were ready for that. Right. Now, there wasn't a lot of backlash or people being right. upset about it. There was a black Schroeder. Right. You uh, and a human Snoopy. In between and Butterfly and um, and Good, uh, whatever the well, fuck, Charlie yeah. Brown. Mm-hmm. You were cast on the first Asian American mm. family on television, uh, starring Margaret Cho. I was, yeah. Yes. Um, Let's talk about the Asian people in that show. That was like that was the okay, hard. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the, here's the deal. It was first of all, I, and I've heard you talk about this so many times that that expectation of wanting to be a leading man and knowing yeah. that and, and and through your career, not getting leading man parts oh, simply because you're Asian. Yeah. Um, but you've sort of accepted this character actor sort of role. I love that part of right. it. And I and actually, w- w- really, in, in recent months or years, it's the parts have gotten better. Right. But I'm not, I, you know, I would like to carry, I like the opportunity or the, the responsibility or the challenge of carrying something. Right. What we call carrying something. Okay. So you get cast on this pilot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And... Yeah. It's Margaret, it's Jody Long, Jody it's Long. Clyde Kusatsu. Clyde Kusatsu. Uh, it's Amy um, Hill. Hill. Uh, you. Yeah. It's, uh, what was his name, the son? J.B. Kwan. J.B. Kwan, Matt, Maddie Corman, yeah. and Judy Gold! Yeah. Uh, figures my first, you know, series regular job is on an Asian American family, and I'm six three. So um, that all right. So it was groundbreaking because it was the first Asian American family, but it was fucking sanitized to the point that Margaret couldn't be herself. Yeah, it, it was. I mean. I love, I mean, we bonded, yeah. like, the th- the greatest thing about that show was the friendships yeah. I got out of it, but it was a little bit torturous, getting those torturous scripts. Torturous, and, and, and it was getting those scripts, and, and us being young and kind of idealistic and wanting best for it, right. and, and feeling the potential... And then it being kind of corporate, right. you know, Disney. Remember, like the whole thing about her Margaret's Angora sweater, and like, yeah. she, you know, them having to approve her sweater and yeah. stuff like that. And, and telling I had, her I had to a lose big weight. fight with them yeah. about my hair. They wanted me to cut my hair, and I and I didn't want to cut my hair because right. I thought I was creating this role and stuff like that. And right. I, I should have just cut my mouth shut and cut my hair. Right. It was Disney, you know. It was like a whole thing. You and, and I didn't get that, and, right? And it became clear as we went along. You, uh, ha- we were both when the pilot got picked up for a series. Mm-hmm. We both were looking for um, places to live, and you gave me your sloppy seconds, and I loved that house <laughs> on on Windsor Boulevard. Remember that? You're like, I have the perfect house for you on Windsor Boulevard. You had and because I had passed on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I had it for years. You did? Yes, I kept it for years. I love it. I love it. Yeah. 
Um, we would also have dinner. Well, like we were like, Toy, yeah, we Toy were like a family. Food. We were. We got. We had dinner all the time with with Maddie and and and, and, and Margaret. Margaret. And we talked and we about everyone behind like, their backs. Yeah, and we were. Um, what do you call it? Com um, commiserating together yes. about the, the experience the whole time, you know, like trying to figure out, you know, like troubleshooting it, trying right. to figure out why, why it had to be so tortured. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> Terry Hughes directed, uh -huh, yeah. and, is he still alive? I believe so. Yeah. And one of the writers murdered his wife and is in jail. JJ <laughs> wall. Remember? Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. And, um, but we wanted it to stay because we loved the money. Didn't yeah, you love we, the money? I mean, we're in the the money. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, but yes, that's true. But but we also there was a, an opportunity that was totally missed, and there was something heartbreaking about that. It right. Was like totally missed. Now because the potential to to have a show starring Margaret even today is right. still incredible. Right. And like how well, how that hasn't fixed itself is is, is really tragic. Um, and you see, you know, uh, the the 2020 version of that is is right. the show that I'm working on with Nora Aquafina, from Queens, which I is know. cut from the same kind of um, but, energy, you know, like a a, a, a a forceful star personality, Asian American, and writing a show around her. But right, this but it doesn't talk about. It's like a family. It's like uh, it's a more you, real yeah. family, and it's 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 it doesn't. Sanitized, I guess, is a good word. The way that the word that you use, sanitized. Right. That they, to be super honest, it was a white version yes. of an Asian family. Right. It was. There were no. There was. There was maybe one Asian writer, but but there was not a lot of Asian energy creating it the way there is with with Nora's show. Right. And and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. It just makes it such a tremendous difference. It's um, like trying to write a straight version of a gay show. Right. You know, but we did a, we did go to San Francisco for that stupid yeah. Reebok thing, and we all had dinner with your family. Yes. Oh, that was so fun! And oh my god, and, I feel we like, were like oh riding god. in yeah. a limousine, and, yeah. and Reeboks was giving us free Street sneakers, sneakers. And, and we thought we were just we like, just thought we were the fucking yeah. greatest thing. Yeah. Um, were, you were with Richie at this at this point. Uh -huh, yeah. Um. How how did you meet Richie? And, and I met Richie when I was in M Butterfly. And he was he became your manager. He became my agent. Yeah, your agent. Yeah. And then you married him. No, of. I never married him. Well, you know what I mean. Not oh. marry, marry. Oh well, yeah, I, mean, I can't now say there's that There's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever, Mr. Perfect. Um. So that show. I'm saying that because I'm actually married to somebody oh, that's now. Right. I know. So, that you know, was a fun wedding. Wanna... Anyway, so the show and well we. Our, the, my, the best episode, of course, was when I walked around naked. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was. Uh, some camera guy was like, Ugh, and I, I got him fired. Hard? I don't think he got fired. I oh. just was like, I have to be naked, and he's making me feel uncomfortable. Right, but you weren't naked. No, I had a, I had a uh, flesh-colored bodysuit on, but I was skinny then. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't believe, and I thought I was fat. Anyway, and then we got canceled. Yeah. But you did, did you get canceled? Oh, no. I got phased out. You got phased they, they out. They started concentrating on Margaret and her friends. Friends, right. And and I guess well, I wasn't cool enough to be her friend. But then they wanted to make it friends. You know, no, and then they, she moved in with Amy, her grandmother. Right. Which oh, is, yeah, that's right. They kept Amy. Yeah. And because uh, Amy got a lot of laughs. Yeah. And then, yeah. And we were all fucking 
thrown to the curb. The, the main thing that I remember is that we had really good times and that we worked really hard and that we had great expectations and that we just kind of watched it kind of fizzle, fizzle out. Fizzle out. Gary Jacobs. Thank Together, you. yeah. So. And we learned a lot of lessons, I think. I mean, I think I have a perspective on it that I didn't have before about how to create a situation that would really work and that authenticity and that bringing people together that can help someone's vision, like Margaret's vision, right. come to fruition is absolutely essential. Right. And that we were hungry enough and our self-esteem was low enough back then to go, oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you right, for this right. opportunity. However you want to do it is great, but we, we'll do, we're just happy to be in it. We, we can't do that anymore. We have right. to say, actually, no, actually, if we're going to do it, then we have to do it and it has to be her point has, of view and right. it has to be really her truth. And that's how it's going to be good for you, too, because it's going to be authentic and the audience will respond to it right. because of it. it there's no that's it, it, that's a kind of a no brainer now. Right. But then it was. Yeah, it was it like was pulling like fucking teeth yeah, out of them. It was. So you end up, you know, then Charlie Brown and then um, how did S first of all, how did SVU come about? SVU came about because I had done six seasons of Oz on HBO. Now Oz, you played, I know, you played a priest. I did, yeah. You played a Catholic priest, yeah. which you said you kind of liked because did, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Asian specific. No, it wasn't. And you were sick of being doctors. I was and then totally it, sick of being doctors. And I heard you hate, I read somewhere that you hate lab coats when you go to a uh, When you go to the fitting, fitting and you see the lab coat there, your heart breaks right. a little bit. Yeah. So you don't go into Kiehl's, is that correct? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have to wear the lab coat at Kiehl's. No, yes. I fucking, why do they wear lab coats at Kiehl's? They're not scientists. Yes. They I, work at, fuck, they walk, they walk out, they all have glasses, and, a, and they're like, oh, can I help you? And I'm like, you're not a fucking dermatologist. I like, I know. It's so annoying. Okay. Like Disneyland. So, Oz, Oz, you were very critically, of course, you're part, you're critically acclaimed actor. Thank you. Yes. Then you get, do you get SVU? Uh, right after, yeah, I got that. And, and Jackson had just been born. So you and Richie decide that you want to have kids and yeah. you get a surrogate. Yes. And you use Richie's sister's egg and your sperm. Yeah. And Shauna. And Shauna. Shauna um, gives birth to twins. Yes. And unfortunately, Boaz passes. But Boaz was the... Shauna gave birth 12 weeks prematurely. Right. As, as that happens sometimes. Yes. And, 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 and she, we, so that as a result, Boaz didn't make the, didn't survive the birth. And Jackson but did. You, you say something so beautiful about Boaz is that he... He, he was getting the 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 nourishment from Shauna, and and uh, Jackson was getting the nourishment from Boaz. Yes, so that's right. He was the conduit. They had a condition where, yeah. as identical twins, one of them gets more than the other, and one of them becomes anemic as a result, and the other one becomes over. Um, I forgot the word. Uh, it's it's too much blood. Right. Uh, and and so Period it menstrual. was as if it was because they were connected to each right. other that. Um, why do you make me do this? I'm sorry. Uh, that, that what you said. Right. <laughs> and you wrote the most beautiful. E I was on your friend's email list, and you wrote the most beautiful emails while you were going through this. 
process. Yes, because it was a coping mechanism. Because right. it was like, oh, like help me, help me get through this. It was like the beginning of email, actually. It was right. like 2000, uh, 2000. And we were kind of, we were emailing, but we weren't all kind of, we were still learning about it right. or whatever. We were getting into it. And I was trying to... Um, take advantage of this technology and and I, and I and I sort of reached out I could reach out to 90 people at the same time yeah. I'm going to do it I'm going to write to my family and say hey we're having an operation well, you know this is the situation I, the first email I wrote explained to all these expectant relatives and friends this is what happened it didn't work out the way that we thought it would but this is what it is and you know please root for us or whatever and then well I'll be writing to you again because in a couple of weeks Jackson's I think is going to have an operation and he did have an operation in the next couple of weeks so I sent a little kind of thing as I kept writing these emails weeks after week I got more into it and I got more kind of and, dramatic and and, and, and funny. funny about it yeah you know? you, the well, humor it was a coping was, mechanism yeah, you know and I thought well I also wanted people to read them so I thought well they're not just going to read these like right. clinical boring they uh, weren't tired. clinical no but that's why I tried oh, to wow, make yeah, them yeah. not that oh, sorry. Way. So I was I was working hard to kind of make them entertaining, and 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 then by the end of it, there were like a thousand people that were all kind of following along and passing them on and forwarding them to other people. And then we took him home. Oh, to make and he's so beautiful, isn't he? He's beautiful. He's such a beautiful person. I wonder if he's here this evening. No, he's not. Is he? Oh my God. <laughs> His cover is blown. His I'm cover sure he would have liked to have sat He's there the whole time. He's such a um, Boaz D- Dove and, and Benjamin. Benjamin's middle name is Dove, too. Yeah. Jackson's so fucking great. All right, but we'll get to him in a second. Do you feel like... So you and Richie yeah. have this family. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like it brought you closer? It... Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it brought us. I mean, we're, 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 you know, you're with somebody for a long time. You you will have, you can't take away whatever. Right. No matter what happens to your relationship, you can't. Uh, the the thing that brings you together and that experience is oh, a please. is a bonding experience. Right. Like he and I will have a text or something that will reconnect with an aspect of that experience, right. and he's and, the only person that knows right. what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. You know, like, I'm having a Boaz moment is what right. I used to say. I'm having a Boaz moment. <laughs> I want to hug you. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and I'm sure you'll have them for the rest of your life. I don't have them very often. I haven't had one in quite some time. So, oh, I'm so, glad I could bring yeah, that up yeah. for you. <laughs> um, hey, everyone. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. 
I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You came out in 2003. Yeah, because because the emails became a book, and then the right. book was being peddled, and I thought, oh, wow, this means I'm coming out. It was really surprising. So, but had you thought about coming out before? Publicly, okay. So this is, we're talking about publicly. I mean, we all knew, at, yes, on, we all at, knew. in 94 yeah. that you were... A bit queer. That's why yeah. I keep touching my hair. I'm so, so Well, I know because you're so gay. Yeah. 2003. 2003. Yeah. So we out. came. Yeah. The book comes out, and I and, and I realized that that was a uh, uh, whatever coming clean or whatever you know, like kind of like just setting the record straight, whatever. Did you? Was it uncomfortable for you before that when you were doing like interviews and stuff? It was. And, it was like because I wasn't ready to do it, and so I was always trying to control it. Right. And control is always going to be the, the worst downfall. thing you should try yeah. to do. Yeah, you can never be in a situation, especially in a like an interview situation where you try to control something. Right. You just have to be open to it and let it happen. Right. And um, so I would do, I would not be able to do that before, and then all of a sudden I didn't have to do it anymore. Right. And, and it's I, so felt, freeing. It's and I I can, I think it was actually kind of surprised how freeing it was. Right. I knew it would be freeing, but I didn't realize. And then you know, also Jackson, you know, is of a generation that doesn't really have the same kind of oh my god I know conflict about it that we had that we were that was installed into us by our parents or right. by our people how what the time that we lived in he doesn't have that as much so it's less of a big deal it's nice to know that that thing exists but it, 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 it for him I don't think he feels it the and same it's way. so interesting having kids Henry was born in 96 and I had I came out too because uh-huh, I was yeah. like I'm not gonna get on stage and lie or, yeah. or make or, up or shit fudge. I had so much material or fudging it yeah yeah I had so oh, right. you I, wanted it, to share it because it right was great and material. I had really good material anyway um and it, it it's it's freeing it definitely affected my career I don't know if it yeah. had any effect on your career it did. Oh, I mean I, I think it, every I think it was positive for me because I was positive and it was right. and it, it was bad for you well it was like first you're too Jewish oh right right and then oh, and and it was also and I never wanted to be a lesbian comic I wanted to be a comic who happened to be a lesbian yes I wasn't gonna get on stage and just talk about oh I'm a lesbian I'm a lesbian I'm a lesbian I just I just wanted to be a great comic yeah. and who happened to be a lesbian and proud, you know? Yeah. But I, I did, what kind of message is it to your kids if you hide that? Like, oh, we're, we don't talk about that in public, yeah. you know? Um, That's right. And, and, grow, and having these kids like Jackson and, and Henry and Ben where it's like, 
you know, them as young kids saying, wait, why can't you get married? You yeah. know, like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, they literally had no idea why we were different yeah. than other families. Yeah, and have to explain to them the concept of the discrimination or right. the, the pain when they don't feel it themselves. It's not right. really swirling around them. The and that way. they have to come out as well. They have to come out right. every day. Yeah. Like, no, my, my, my father's not tall. I don't even know how tall. My father's like size of a sperm. But um, so you come out in 2003, you get SVU. Do you know when you starting SVU, you have a child and you you know that this show is going to be on for 25 years? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean I was I came in in the second season, second season. of it. Yeah. No, I didn't. I mean I took the job because I didn't want to leave him. I didn't want to leave town because I didn't like going right. to LA, which I don't really like anyway. Same. And, uh, and I wanted to, and I got a contract, you know, like a contract to be in a show that shot in New York. I but mean, it was were the you like, thing oh ever. my God, p pinching yourself? Yes, like I was. I didn't realize that. Fast forward a few years later, that I'd be kind of bored later, right. and, and 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 rightly, I mean, you know, understandably so. And I'm not, I don't mean to complain about it because it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and it afforded me exposure and everything that came with it was fantastic. But you never, well, that's the, you know, the point is you don't, you never know anything. Right. You never, you don't know and butterfly, whatever. You don't know you don't, what's going to happen. Your life can be, can change yeah. in 10 minutes. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. Wow. So you're on it for 11 years. I'm on it for 11 years. You know, it was so yeah. great. You know, Henry was addicted to SVU, like which he was like yeah, you, always. did you let him watch it when he was little oh my god he would watch it he started like in middle school and then he started saying like we would have fights and he'd be like that's false and I'm like no Henry no one talks like that <laughs> in a fight <laughs> and, or uh, he'd be like I'm calling the the children blah 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 you know set, yeah. yeah right. Uh, so he would always like and then he didn't want me to talk about when he was in junior high. He didn't want me to talk about him in my act. He's like, I'm getting a cease and desist. I'm like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, and one time, actually, I was doing uh, Love Loss and What I Wore. Uh -huh. And I was with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. And Henry's like, oh, my God, she's in the best episode of SVU. She's so good. She's so good. So I go Do to rehearsal. Do you know her by name or face? Uh, no, he knew her by face. Uh -huh. I said, Melissa Joan Hart, like, and he looked her up, and yeah. I was like, oh my God, she's in the best episode of, of um, SVU. And I go into rehearsal, I go, oh my God, my son, he's like 14, he loves you. He said, you're in the best episode ever of SVU. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet and interesting, because I, I played a child rapist? Yeah. Um, yeah. I raped a 13-year-old boy. I was like, oh. Well, great. So, can I get a photo or, you know. Um, but when I, he knew that I knew you, it was, I got a fucking feather in the cap. I'm oh, like, wow. oh, I'm friends with BD. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you decide to leave SVU. Uh-huh. After 11 years. Uh-huh. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, opening that check and, I and know, being home yeah. and sleeping in your own bed. Sleeping in your own bed. Yeah. But but 11 years, you know, that was a good amount of time. Right. It was Were a they, good amount of like, time. Did, was that, did you, you know, It was a conscious thing, like, okay. Did you talk I, to Richie about I had, it? I had, no, we were by that time separated. Okay. I think. 
Um, and and so what I think what happened, I think this is 2011. It, yeah, 2000 to 2011. Right. Um, I was I, I was ready to do something else. That's all there is to it. I was ready to do something else, and I could not do that something else unless I left. So then I was, and I think it also had been going on for maybe two or three years that I felt Where that way. Like, so oh. by then, it was like, okay, I'm really going to do it. So it wasn't just like all of years suddenly I decided it. It had built up over the over the uh, the last four three or four years. How soon before you left did you and Richie um, separate? We separated uh, actually closer to two thousand three. Okay. Yeah. So. You have a little boy. Mm-hmm. You're sharing custody. Yeah. Um, you're a single parent. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Ish. You're sharing, and you're doing the show, and then you're like, I don't want to do the show anymore. Yeah. Um, right. And does your agent go, "What the fuck is wrong with no. you"? No, my manager really? actually. Yeah. Uh, your manager. I said I'm really ready to do this, and can we get something else? Do you think we can get something else, or what? What? What right. do you think? And and that and they they supported me. Wow. Do you think behind your back? Well, they they had. Uh, you're right, though. I mean, they're like this. They they don't yeah. want to let go. They yeah. Don't they're always let go. like, you sure? Yeah. Because you know, they, it's going to be really hard. But blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. And we know why they are. And because it's they're all counting because them. my ten percent isn't yeah. coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they were great. I think that my meme being unhappy was really a big part of it. I said, I, I just don't want to, I just think it's time. And, I, and I, I, I think subconsciously I knew that the work that I had done prior to that was far more interesting. Like it was soul satisfying. Right, you were, yeah. I was what, what I have now described as a character actor. Like I feel like I'm more of a character actor. Right. And I'm my, more myself when I'm trying to do something kind of wild, something different. And this was very And you've done, like, Father of the Bride yeah. and done other movies. How did you meet Reichert? I met Reichert at a... At a, um, a, a I say it better than you do. Oh. You say Reichert, and I say Reichert. Because I'm a Jew. Okay, well... And if you ask Reichert, he would say, oh, Judy says it correctly. Yes, he would. Yeah. He likes you very I much. I love him. He's so... First of all, he's smart and he's hot. Okay, so go ahead. True, all true. All right, where'd you meet him? At a party. You know, not not really the most interesting thing. Oh, boring? Yeah. And did you know right away? No. I thought this isn't really Gonna happen. my thing. Yeah. yeah. And and then and then it, we just ended up. It just turned out to be one of those things where I wanted to be with that. Per- I wanted to hang out with that person more. I, my include my just my body my my whole You're physically yeah I just no I just felt I want that that, that works for me whatever that is the right. energy and I wanted to have it again and again and, and then I kept go- going back to have more dates and it went on for the better part of like a year and a half where we didn't take ourselves seriously at all um like he was he was into it and I was into it but we never would say anything serious about it at all right and, and then, then who proposed to who um, I proposed, um, um, I proposed, what? Controlling. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no, because he knew that it was up to me because I was the person that was not a particularly marriage. I didn't right. think of myself as a marriage person. I didn't. I, I'm totally a marriage person now. But I, I thought, oh, I, I, you know, can we just kind of just keep doing what we're doing? Right. It's really great. So when Richie ends up marrying Jordan Roth. Yes. 
Um, does he meet Jordan about like before you've you met Reichert? Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. meet Reichert for many years. For many years after we broke up, I didn't meet Reichert. And were until you jealous of like Richie and? No. You're too uh, mature. My, my, I can't my, take it. We had a we had, Jackson had a nanny named um, um, Eugenia who was wonderful older woman from Bolivia, and she couldn't believe that I I I didn't I didn't eschew Jordan. She just really yeah. She said I would scratch his eyes out. She said, <laughs> and and I thought that was amusing because really, right. I had no inclination to scratch Jordan's eyes out. Did your did your professional relationship with Richie and when your relationship it, relationship it, they, it kind of evolved okay and then, and then 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 richie stopped being an agent actually kind of retired from being an agent now after so you did jurassic park jurassic park is huge i mean you're like a fucking major character in a fucking yeah, but i wasn't in the beginning not in the beginning yeah. you did that you did that with that character don't you think well, what happened, to be quite honest, was that they 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 left this character completely unattended in the first movie. He he didn't die. He didn't. Nothing happened to him. Right. He wasn't even explained. And then years and years later, um, uh, Colin Trevorrow was you know, taking taking on the role of trying to revive the the, the franchise and write a s proper sequel to the original movie where there were t two other movies right. but they're not really sequels to that movie and so he in, in doing that had to kind of like look to see who wasn't dead you know kind of had to right. look kind of kind of revive whatever there was to revive and that, that was the only character that had any kind of wow. uh, legs to it you are fucking so, so lucky so I'm lucky yeah. you know you're oh, lucky oh yeah I do I do yeah. um you uh that was the luckiest thing ever did your did, did but your... it was partly because of uh, there was a partly a racial thing, I think. You know, like they didn't care about the Asian guy. Right. They were not that into him. They didn't think he was had legs to him or right. wasn't. You know, so I was like, uh, you know, it's kind of the right. It kind of made itself right as far as I'm concerned. Um, I heard you did uh, Pippin and left your computer on top of the car. Is that correct? <laughs> now we're getting into yeah. Well, now we're getting into questions uh, that came from the audience clearly. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, I love that song. That's Pearly, not Pippin. I know. Okay, that's not Pippin. Yeah, but I love that song. That's Pearly. Shit. I got love. I wouldn't have been in Pearly for lots of reasons. No, it's um, everything has its season. Yes, very good. I was in the Bay Street production of, of, of Pippin in 2008. And you left your computer on top of your car. And I left my computer on top of the car, and I had two, uh, I had uh, Eugenia. And Jackson and Anastasia were in the car, mm -hmm. and then I drove away. And Anastasia said, "Honey, I think something came off the car." And then I, we drove back, and there was a shattered computer on the highway. Oh, that's great. That I used for. Did another, you curse? Oh yeah, I was so stressed out. It was like that kind of single parent kind yeah, of stress. Yeah, like fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> It's like trying uh, to get somewhere. How did you or meet get Anastasia? At P doing Pippin. And, Is that and, and, where you met? Yeah, we did. Oh, I yeah. love Anastasia Barzi, ladies and gentlemen. Anastasia Barzi. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. 
pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So after you leave um, SVU, does it, do, I know, do, do you have a little lull? I had a lull. Yeah. And that was the first couldn't time. Get couldn't get it. Couldn't get hired. Yeah. Had a lull. First time in your fucking career. I think so, yeah. Yeah. How was that? Like You're two years. I, you know, the whole, like, I'm going to L.A. for pilot season. Oh, please. Thing. I can't. And, and all that. Like two or two and a half years or something like that. And like I couldn't get it. Like they didn't know where I, they couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I wasn't me. I didn't know who I was really as an actor. I really didn't. I, I, I didn't know this then, but now I figured out, oh, they, they, well, first of all, I wasn't eligible for those character parts right. anymore. I, I kind of totally proceduralized myself. Right. And, and I was only thought, and then there was not, there was not just no interest in it, I guess, or whatever. And then I got a job on that show Awake. Right. You know, and, and, that and, was, and it was like after having said, I will not play a doctor or a therapist again, I got the part of a therapist. So and in those two and a half years, did you ever say to yourself, oh, my God, I should never have left SVU? No. Wow. No, I really? No, I would I have been have, like, you fucking okay. asshole. Can't no, believe you I left All-American No, Girl. I think I think yeah. I always felt from the very beginning, from the beginning of all of this. So you never I, double, you never questioned yourself? No, because I always thought, you just wait. You just have to just wait. You have to keep going at it and just... And you never it. got depressed or like, I want to quit or I'm going to go no, get No, I never thought I would quit. I started stuff. writing and I wanted to write more. Right. And continuing to write and writing is really important to me and, I, I and it was a good time for me to... Right. Be able to start doing well, that. Well, that's what happens when you're on a fucking show for 11 years and don't have to worry about, like, you that's know. Right. That's right. Fucking yeah. jerk. Yeah. You ended up going back to do a guest spot on SVU. Yeah, twice. And you got, can you tell us a little story about getting into the makeup chair? Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. So I black. This is really good. Thank this you is for, such a good story. Well, yeah. no, I mean, don't say. Don't say All right. Why sorry, it's not that? that good. It's a boring story. It's boring. Terrible it's boring. story. But the the point of the story is that I left SVU 2011, maybe 2012 or 13. They have me back, and um, uh, they they figured out some way to justify that I'm going to be there for one to profile one case or whatever and I go and I sit in the makeup chair and by this time they've turned the makeup department over and there's a new makeup artist there and she's this very young young woman and she's or maybe it's no it's the hair person okay okay and uh, so I sit in her chair and she stands behind me as a make as a hair yeah, person does and she's know, fluffing my hair and, and she says so um is this how you had it at the audition because she thought I was just coming in, you know, and I, I said, oh, I was like, my mind just blew up in my mind. I, I didn't, I was thinking so many things. Okay, I the thought, way we talked about it. The way we talked about it. Okay. Yes, you said, she came over and said, oh, how, how, how do you want your hair? And you said, I don't, you know, the way normal, it normally is. And she said, well, how did you wear it to the audition? Well, what's the difference? 
Because then it was a two-parter. As a comedian, I know what build-up is. The point was she gave away the punchline too fast. No, I mean also people don't really understand like what like what happens is when you're like a day player, you you come in for one day and you know the 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 makeup artist is so that department they're so over all the people they have to make up and do their hair and stuff like that. So they want to make it as easy for themselves as possible. Right. Actually, so so like you know is this how you had it? Because I will get in trouble if I redo your hair and they look at you okay and whatever you, you know did you get like a ping in your heart like oh my god yeah because it was within i was pretty happy not being on the show anymore so it was okay with me it was just thought it was amazing i was amazed by it are you i, was, um, I hadn't been gone that long right are you friends with any of the people on svu stephanie march really uh-huh what about marishka I'm friendly with her, but I don't see her as, as much um, as I see Stephanie. Do you remember there was a forensic gynecologist on? And you were so mean to her? You were a gynecologist? Yes, I was a forensic gynecologist. And you were so mean. You were like saying, you were so hard. But I mean, thank God you were there. because No, I, I mean, the character, my character was mean or skeptical to no, you. No, you were being an oh, asshole. I was You're being like, an go asshole. walk over there. But wait, I never told you this. I got this, I went in, and it was all medical. It was like, oh, she went in, I uh, the uh, fetal tissue of the matter, right? And so I remember my agent was at Buckwald. I was with Buckwald. And um, I went in and read for it. And later that afternoon, uh, the agent calls me and is like, you got the part of the gynecologist. How appropriate. Because I apparently know a lot about vaginas since I'm a lesbian. Can you? appropriate. It's so appropriate for you. Yeah, that's what she said. Isn't that great? A lesbian playing a guy. All right, whatever. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that got about as much fucking reaction as the... How'd you wear it to the audition? So, um, you're happily married. I am. You have an amazing son at NYU. He's okay. Oh, he's so fucking great. Um, <laughs> he's truly great. Uh, you went to Richie's wedding. Yes. He went to your wedding. Yes. He and, I mean, it's like you're like lesbians. Well, isn't that, I mean, you you know, you share a child. You want to kind of, you know. I know, but there's so many people who break up and it's like, fuck you, you fucking asshole. And yeah, I, yeah, I guess there are. We don't have that. On The Daily Show, um, you mentioned that you're grateful. Did I? Yeah. You yeah. said grateful. And then you said you hate saying that you're grateful. Because it is the most annoying hashtag grateful. Yeah. Um, that was why I hesitated. That's the only reason why right. I hesitated. I didn't hesitate because I wasn't grateful or I, or because I didn't want people to know. You know, I just think it kind of comes out a little cliche. Right. And then you're you're that person that is kind of blindly saying it. So I wanted to say it with a kind of, I don't know, a, 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 a disclaimer or right. something like that. Because you work all the <laughs> fucking time. Like, I don't think Anastasia. <laughs> it's, isn't it like... Annoying. It is, yeah. yeah. Should I tell the audience about the three of us? Uh, well, yes, but yes and no. Okay. So we we have a group text, and I swear to God. They met through group text. We met okay, through group I, text. BD and I were texting, and he's he just 
you added or, yeah I added you know, was, and then yeah. we just and I had never met Anastasia and now it's like they're like my family I swear to God they have gotten me through so many nights on the road where I'm like I, I can't take it anymore because we're both up really late at yeah. night so she's in but some crazy place of the, of the country um, but do you you real do you realize what an anomaly like that no one works as like you work all the time. You just wrote the um, libretto and book for Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes, I did. Um, is that coming to Broadway? Um, it, it, you always you know dream okay, and fantasize it's about it, but it's, theater no, near you. it's coming to the Oak Quit Playhouse in Maine in oh, August. Oh, yeah, that's great. I want to come. Yeah, Maine. Who'd they go for? Biden. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you believe a fucking old white man is going to be... Pre- okay, I can't take it anymore. Oh, are we going to get into that? No. Okay. So, do you... Do you realize... It's annoying. It really is annoying. I annoy myself, okay? Does that help you? No, you don't. No, but I, I, I work really hard, you know? I, uh, okay, I, I, constantly... I don't work hard. I'm not out at the fucking clubs every night. Well... I don't know. Everyone works hard. Who said that? Um, I don't. I don't mean that. I just mean. I don't mean that. I don't. That you don't work hard. I mean that I. You have a uh, some sort of mojo. No, you have like oh fuck a divine something. Because you real. I mean, you're such a great person. Ugh, that was annoying for that I had to say that. <laughs> Um, you're just so great on so many levels, and you work all the fucking time. Um, do what do I say? I mean, what do you? I'm thanks. Okay. Thank you. So thanks. Are we. Uh, I, my podcast is called Kill Me Now because I basically wake up and that's the first thing out of my mouth because I fucking hate everyone now. I asked two questions of all my guests. Oh, wow. Okay, number one, I'm very, I mean, I've su- I suffer from depression, anxiety, I have ADHD, I'm like mental. My parents were old when they had me, that's why, and my grandparents were cousins. So, um, second cousin. But Is that true, really? Second cousins, yeah, my grandparents. Wow. That's why I'm gigantic, too. So... Have you? I'm gonna. I think I know the answer. Have you ever been on antidepressants? I have not. I knew it. And what do you do to keep yourself mentally healthy? Hmm. Because you're pretty mentally healthy. I put a lot of energy into my friends. Really? I try to. And I think because I get a lot back from that investment, right. I feel sa- I feel perspective and right. I, I get perspective from them and um, I I mm, boy mentally healthy I don't I that's very interesting I, I think balance is super important like to try yeah, to balance absolutely. things and I, I I'm perfectly capable of going too far doing any one thing or another like right. working too hard or not working hard enough you know right. like that's just how the pendulum swings or whatever and the, the relationships I think are the relationships that get you through that all of that working stuff okay my relationship with my husband and um my evolving relationship with my son are very, really, really valuable right. to me. Right. 
and and I hold on to them very tightly, and I try to do whatever I can to to do my part in in nurturing them. And that's because I think I can draw from them. Right. Like one of the things that I used to do all the time uh, for the uh, like in the earliest part of my relationship with Record, I've been with Record for ten years now. When I first met Record, I was out every night doing like something like this or um, a benefit or some gala or whatever. Right. Every single night, I tried to do it because I felt like that was what you did to nurture your own career, that you were working right, to right. expose yourself, that you got, it's like publicity and it's free no. publicity, you couldn't say no. And it was also charity and it was your responsibility yeah. as a person in the, in the public eye to, to change. And, that, and yeah. then I started realizing that I was burnt out, one, right. and the other thing was that all I needed to do was sit at home and watch television with right. Riker and feel a resetting that I never felt before. Right. Like I was like, oh my gosh, we don't have to do anything actually. We can, we actually sometimes don't even have to talk even with though we do. Um, just that, just like taking a second is, has been really res restorative to me. And so I always, that's the thing that I, was my takeaway from my relationship with him is like, let's do that. Let's just not do anything and, and oh. just be together for a minute. And it's been really, and luckily he's really into that and likes that. And then there are plenty of times when you can go out and do other things right. and, and do things but like this. But it's not every, I know. It's not every night. I know, I, I got like that too. And I was like, you know what, I can't. Well, and you have to do it to a certain extent with your schedule on the road. Right. You don't have as much of a choice. I know, and, I can't and, stand on um, What? This is the second question? Yes. What pisses you off more than anything and like makes you so fucking crazy angry? And it could be anything, but what fucking... Of course it can be. Um, I mean, like, there's so many things, right? Right. Like, what is, like, I, I cannot fucking stand this. Are you being Am I? Is that you're saying that... That pisses you off when people say, are you... Oh. That pisses me off. And the other thing is like, um, do I know you or you look so familiar, but I don't know who you are kind of thing. Or or, or um, um, them saying they, I love it when they people say, oh, are you're not, are you, what are you? And then you say, yes, I am. And they go, I knew it. Oh, I know. I hate I mean, that. No, you didn't. You didn't. But that doesn't piss me off as much as, as a general sense of people not using their um, brains to their potential. Oh, I can't, I know, right? We all have the brain. Right. We can do what we want with it. And you see it out there. Now you see it, of course, with the president and all that stuff. I don't know what his brain is capable of doing, actually. But Evil. he's yeah. not using it. He's he's so selfish that he right. won't, you won't even use his own brain properly. He doesn't even feel he has a need to have to know right. anything. Right, I know. Right? So that is a that's an extension of something that's a pet peeve of mine. Like you know how how hard is it to figure out that you should not stand in front of the door on the subway when other people are getting? Oh, home? like fucking fuck! How how hard is that to figure I out? I know. It's, it's Get a, the it's just fuck intelligence. and let me off, you yeah. fucking asshole! Yeah, or turn to the side right. or something. It's it's it, it's. That, that to me is symbolic of a kind of not thinking. What about I like looking to, at your phone while you're walking down? You're like behind the person. Yeah, right. And then or, you no, go up to the, the stairs. Right, they fucking move over to the right. Yeah. They're going up the stairs. stairs. The I subway. hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, no. Yeah. So that is not, those little individual things are representative to me of someone being in their own head, not being out thinking, using their right, brain right. to get outside of themselves because I like the, 
like I said, I think the human connection is the thing that makes us really special. We really, we're really into it. Like I, that makes me feel alive when I'm able to connect to somebody. So even on the subway, that's part of it. Right. Like, let's work together or something. Yeah. And so how hard is that to work together? When you when you're in a musical, have you been in musicals? Like like like, have you been on stage in a big musical yeah, and stuff? Not in uh, off Broadway. Well, no, I mean, I was in you know, Disaster, the musical, oh, and not in the Broadway oh, one, okay. the off-Broadway, and no, but, Clinton, the musical. Okay, no, so what I mean is, the one thing that I strongly believe is that people learn a lot about spatial awareness right. and things like that from being in musicals, right? right? So I want, I wish for everyone, everyone to- Everyone should the, have to be in a musical. To be, to ride the subway. That's what oh, I think. Yeah. You know, there's a, it's very logical the way that you egress and enter something. Right. I cannot thank you enough for this. Yes, you can. Yeah, no, I can't. I fucking adore you. I, I can't believe you, you put these people through this like marathon of. It life. was so. Did you guys like it? Uh, uh, people love you. People right. love you. My friend Katie's here. She really wants to meet you, so don't be mean to them. I won't. Um, BD. The I husband never came. I know. What happened? Oh. Oh, he's in the back. Oh, he was so respectful. Oh. Um, Beth Sussman, I can't thank you enough. Beth Sussman. Yes, Beth Sussman at the piano. BD Wong, Laura, thank you for all you do. Um, thank you to Alan Cumming. Thank you to the, the staff here at Club Cumming. Thank you all for coming. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with BD Wong and Beth Sussman at the piano. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing show. The only review you're allowed to give is five stars. Thank you. If you purchase any tickets for any of my upcoming events, please refer to your point of purchase for updates on rescheduling or refunds. And I will post anything I can on my website as soon as I know. And as we all know, this is a very uncertain time. So while you're social distancing, while you're washing your hands, while you're being neurotic, while you're helping others, while you're doing whatever you do. Take time to listen to the entire backlog of amazing interviews that uh, we've done on Kill Me Now. There's some like really funny, awesome things you can listen to, interviews you can listen to while you're going on a walk. And also, you can listen to my comedy albums, Conduct Unbecoming, Kill Me Now, and Judith's Roommate Had a Baby. You can get links to everything at judygold.com. You can go on wherever you listen to your music and plug my name in and hopefully something will come up and make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, for all updates. That's at Judy gold, you know, like J E W D Y G O L D like Jew gold. And I'm thinking of all of you keep laughing. We're still allowed to laugh and keep in touch and wash your hands. And as we always say, so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.